Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat Aflamid Hey Amud Bet. This is our final podcast of the second parak. Remember the Kin, continuing with issues of Bain Hashmashot. Amar Rav Yuda, Amar Shmuel. We're at the very top of Amud Bet. Kochav Echad Yom. If one star is visible, it's still daytime. Shnayim Bain Hashmashot. Two make Bain Hashmashot. Shlosha Laila. Three Alayla. Now this Shi'ur is not necessarily different in time, but in method of measurement of the shiurim that we saw in the brighter earlier. Now, Tanya Namiach, we have a brighter that supports this, and Amar Rabbi Yossi, relative to that brighter, we're not talking about stars that are so big they're visible during the day, and not small stars that can only be seen in the dark of night, average stars, if somebody does malacha, and he would assume it's the same malacha. So let's say he cooks an egg during Menash Pashot Friday into Saturday, and cooks an egg at the same time Menash Pashot Saturday into Sunday. One way or the other, because whatever time that is judged to be, either he did it on Shabbat at the beginning or at the end. Mother Rava, Lashame, Rava told his servant, you're not such an expert in the Shurim Durabanan. When you see the sun over the heads of the trees, light the candle at that point. So what do we do on a cloudy day? So you'll see that the rooster, or out in the field, you'll see ravens kind of congregate right around sunset, or there's a certain nightshade that comes out um, at that point. Okay, Tanarabanan. And this is going to be the last sugya we do. Shabbat. There was a custom of having six blasts of the shofar, Arab Shabbat, to let people know Shabbat is coming. The first one was to let people know out in the fields that they got to stop working. The second one was to close up the shops and stop working in the city. The third one is to light the candle. Now, Yuda disagrees about the third. He says, It's what we don't see. The third one was to take off tefillin. And then they would wait after that third. The amount of time it takes to fry a small fish. The amount of time it takes to put bread in the oven. Evidently, at the same time, it's a couple minutes. And it's Shabbat. I'm showing Gamliel. Man aselam abavlim. What should we do for the people in Babylonia? Shetokin emuriin v'shovtin. They do tkiya, trua, and stop. Is that okay? Mitoch emuriin, meaning the last thing that they have is the trua. Tokin emuriin. But if that's true, then have a lechamisha. The rule is six tkiot, and they do one, two, and three, and then four, five quickly, and you're done. But they didn't do six. Ela shetokin v'chozrinu tokin emuriin. That's what happens. They do a tkiah as number four, then a tkiah truah, and they shoftim etoch mariin, meaning that the last sound that they have is the truah. The answer is minhagavotein biyadan. They're following their ancestral custom. Manu of Yehuda, of Yitzchak Bresu, of Yehuda ben Yechazkel, the Pumbadita, taught his son of Yitzchak the following: Shniyah ladlika taner. He said the second blast is time to light the candle. Come on, who's that following in the in the bright? Lokor binatan, lokor biyudan asi. 
because they both agreed, they agreed that the second one was to stop work in the city, and the third one was either the candle or uh, tefillin. What Rabbi Yehuda told his son was the third one is for the Nair, Keman, who's that follow, Kirabi Natan, Rabbi Shmuel, he then taught, Sheish took in Erev Shabbat. And now we hear a little bit more of a description of these six. When he would start making the first kiyah, people out in the field would stop hoeing and raking and doing all work in the field. But the people who are outside of the walls of the city, but they are near the city, aren't allowed to come into the city until the people further away come, and they all come in together. Must have been a nice scene. In the meantime, the stores are still open, and the shields in front of the stores are still up. When he would start the second scene, the tresin were taken down, and the stores were closed, and that's finished. The food, the hot food, and the pots are still sitting on the stovetop. When he would do the third one, anybody who's going to take food off the stove would take it off now, and he was going to bury their food and cover it with a cover that will insulate the heat, would do so. I heard that you could light Nair after all six. After all, the Chazan is up on the roof of the Beit Knesset doing these Tkiyot. He's got to have time to get home and put his shofar away, which means that the last kiyah can't be at the very moment of Shabbat. There's got to be enough time to light a candle. So their answer was, then you have a variable shear, because what if he lives next door? What if he lives down the block? The fact is that he has a place on his own roof, and that's where he puts the shofar, meaning he has... A couple seconds from when he finished the tzikiyah till Shabbat, he puts the shofar away. You're not allowed to carry shofar and chatzotzot on Shabbat. They're muktza. We'll see that that's a subject of controversy. And as a result of that, he would have the last blast be right before Shabbat and then put it down immediately somewhere where it could be safely hidden. Now, v'hatanya, shofar mitaltel v'chatzotzot in namitaltelim. We have a brighter that says you may carry shofar on Shabbat, but not chatzotzra, a trumpet. So, Amar Rav Yosef Lokasha, Kan Biachid, Kan Betzibor. So, Rav Yosef's first answer is, if you're doing it for yourself, you can carry a shofar. We'll see why. Chatzotzra not. But for the tzibor, neither. So Abayah says, if you're doing it for yourself, what's the shofar usable? How can you use it on Shabbat? It makes it not Muktzah. Because you could fill it with water and then feed it to a little baby using the tip of the shofar, the mouth of the shofar, as like a feeding tube. Or uh, like, a, like a bottle almost. Alright, but see, we're not Michaz the Gamel Tirokani, so even if it, you're offering for the Tzibor, so if a poor kid is there, you could feed him the same way. Plus, you have a third brighter that says that neither is Mukhtsa, Mani. So who could be the author there? 
So your distinction of Yachid and Sibur won't work. Alokasha. The answer is how Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Nechemia. Let's find out what this means. Rabbi Yehuda who says, Klisha Malachto Isur cannot be carried. And therefore, Echatzotzra, which is only the Isur, um, um, cannot be carried. A shofar that has a heter component that we just saw about water could be carried. Rabbi Shimon, who doesn't accept Mukhtzorah, says both could be carried. And Rabbi Nechemia, who says that a kli can't be carried even if it's Malachaz Laheter, as long as it's main Malachaz Laisur. And therefore, a shofar is not usable. And parenthetically, my shofar nami chatzotzrod could Rav Chista. And as we'll see, Rav Chista made the point that the word shofar and chatzotzra became an interchangeable word. The Amr of Chista, Hanitvat Mili Ishtari Shamayu Michichar Betamikdash. The following three things swapped names after the Khurban. Meaning people started calling A B and B A. Chatzotzrata Shofra Vishofra Chatzotzrata. So they called what we have call a Chatzotzra is really a Shofar, and what we have as what we call a Shofar is really a Chatzotzra. The Mainaf Kamina. What's the difference? The Shofar Shoroshanat, you have to use what we call a Chatzotzra. Now we no longer call it that, but in his day. Aravat Saftafar, Saftafar Aravat, different kinds of willows. The name switched, the man of Kamina Lulav. Obviously, you have to use a proper Arava, which they called Saftafar. Ptora and Ptorta. Ptora is a big table, Ptorta is a little table. Ptorta to Ptora, so they've switched the names. The man of Kamina, the Mechachal Memkar. If you buy a Ptorta, you can expect to get a bigger table. Are different stomachs of the animal. If you find uh, a needle, this goes back to the third pack of Chulin, in the thickness of Beit HaKosot, which was one of the stomachs, in the lining of it, if, it, if it's punctured only in once, if it comes out on one side, it's kosher, if it comes out both sides, trefa, but that will not be in bekei kosi, now, now that will be in what we call huvlila, which is really bekasi. Rashi Afan Nomar Bavel Borsif, Borsif Bavel. He said the town of Bavel got called Borsif, and the town of Borsif got called Bavel. Because in a get, you have to properly specify what town somebody came from. And so you have to use the name that we really use currently, um, and not the one that's the quote-unquote real name. Or you might have to indicate both and say uh, Bavel, which is called uh, that. So take a look at Rashi. Right? In the beginning of Gittin, the whole sugya of Bekiyut of Bnei Vavel. In other countries, they're not Paki. Therefore, a person has to stop, come and say, The Machlok at Rabba Rava, why? Zerashi has a slightly different take. He says, the difference for Nashim, for Gita Nashim is, that the town that we call Borsif um, is uh, is really the proper Bavel, and a get that comes from there doesn't need testimony. The town that we call Bavel is really Borsif, and there are Meharits, like Rashi says, and uh, and therefore um, you uh, you uh, would need testimony to make sure it was done properly. And then Rashi quotes the opinion that I mentioned. So that means that you have to write that the girl or the guy or both of them come from Borsif, if that's what it's called today, even though it may be historically Bavel or vice versa. 
We have successfully completed our study of the second parak of Masachat Shabbat. We'll begin the third parak, parak Kira, issues of Hatmana, uh, and relating to Bishul in the next podcast. We should have a wonderful day.